0: You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. This is The Rowan Report Presents The True Crime Collective with Carly Murray. Imagine being tricked into thinking you're hanging out with friends, instead facing a night of torture and brutality. This is what happened to Mary Santina Collins, except she could not scream, navigate her way back home, and was dependent on her glasses that she did not have. She was eager to get out of the house during quarantine and was very vulnerable. This case is extremely graphic and disturbing, and it is personally the most difficult case that I have ever researched in my years of crime studies because of the heinousness of this crime, but also because Mary went to my art school almost a decade ago. I initially learned about this tragic incident through mutual friends. Her story is just now beginning to get national attention, but it is not very well publicized considering the extreme nature of her murder and her family's incredible efforts to share what happened. When I asked Mary's grandmother, Mia Alderman, if there was anything that I should not include in this podcast, she said, let the world see what they've done. It was the very beginning of the coronavirus lockdown in March 2020 when Mary took an Uber to hang out with who she thought were new friends and her grandmother begged her not to go. Mary was a beautiful and ambitious 20-year-old with a loving family and a passion for music and visual art. She loved makeup, fashion, cooking and trying new foods, photography, and was a natural empath. Mary also had 22Q deletion syndrome, which impaired her speech, learning abilities, and cognitive functions. She was extremely petite, shy, and trusting. With her wide range of passions and creative interests, Mary would play guitar self-taught and sing despite the difficulties that her internal cleft palate presented. Her family helped her find alternative ways to communicate from an early age, but unfortunately, public schooling refused to match their efforts and Mary's unique learning style. Alderman said, This led to the different schools and the horrible event that destroyed us all. She met Lavey Pham. This is an entire story on its own. The education piece is a very, very difficult journey for the 22Q kids, including emotionally and socially, even though so many are musically and artistically gifted. Lavi is currently 24, two years older than Mary, and they dated for several months after he pursued her online. According to Alderman, he was fully aware of how protective her family was and met them, but Mary broke it off because he was participating in activities that she wasn't comfortable being around. In particular, he had a friend named James Salerno. Salerno is currently 22 and has a prior conviction of DWI and felony marijuana possession from 2020. These charges of course do not foreshadow violence, but it is important to note that he was already in the system. Mary told her family that Salerno was mean to her. Almost immediately after Mary's breakup with Fam, Fam started dating Kelly Lavery, who turns 28 this month. Lavery started viciously cyberbullying Mary, sometimes along with Fam. On a picture Mary posted, Lavery commented, "'I'd want to disappear ASAP.' She also called her a special breed of stupid in publicly posted replies to others and wrote a caption taunting Mary on a selfie she posted of herself. This occurred across multiple social media platforms. On March 28, two years after the online bullying started, Lavery pretended to have a change of part and invited Mary over to hang out with her and fam. Lavery paid for and sent an Uber. They planned to get sushi, which was one of Mary's favorite foods, and even posted a video of the three of them together on their way to Lavery and Fam's apartment, a complex called The Yards, where Mary thought they would have a movie night. According to several accounts, she did not know that Salerno, Fam's friend, would be there or she would not have gone. As I mentioned, Mary was very close to her family and would never abruptly drop all contact. When Alderman could not reach her, she went to The Yards' apartments, and Lavery said Mary left. They even allowed Alderman to briefly search the apartment. Although she didn't see any evidence of Mary, she knew intuitively that she was still there. She filed a missing persons report with the Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department. According to Mary's family, insinuations were made that Mary was likely out with a boy, and that she had done this before, to which her family explained was uncharacteristic of her. This information came from Lavery and Pham. Missing persons detective Joshua Gaskin was assigned to Mary's disappearance. Mary's family went to Lavery and Pham's apartment and attempted to obtain surveillance footage to no avail. According to Mary's family on the Mary's Voice website, there are text messages from the detective that Mary had run off with guys before, and that's why it was not a priority until a week had passed. They did not think she was in danger. Fam did not let police inside when he answered the door, but allowed Mary's mother into the back room where she observed a figure under a blanket. Fam claimed this was Lavery sleeping. Posters were printed and search parties were organized to find Mary, but her family insisted that they already knew where she was. Lavery and Fam said that they felt threatened by the questioning. Detective Gaskin said that they searched the apartment and insisted that Mary was not there. When Mary's family was finally permitted to view surveillance footage, the day in question was missing from the start of a new month and the lapse in time. It was too late. They learned that they didn't need a warrant to view the footage, as they were originally told. On April 4th, the night before Mary's mother's birthday, and a week after Mary left in an Uber under the impression that she would be hanging out with new friends, her family was informed that she had been found and an ambulance had arrived. The circumstances were not initially revealed and Mary's condition was not disclosed, giving her family false hope that she was maybe still alive. This put them through even more complications and grief. Alderman turned to local hospitals only to receive a call from her son-in-law telling her that police were at the residence. When she got home, she was told the devastating news. Mary had been in Lavery's apartment all along, concealed in a mattress with cardboard boxes, articles of clothing, trash bags, and duct tape, and was covered in dish soap and pumpkin spice shower gel to mask the smell. When asked why the police were unable to recover Mary sooner, Detective Brian Crum of Charlotte Mecklenburg Police Department said in an interview with local news outlet WCNC, They looked under the mattress along with the homeowners. There was nothing that was apparent at that time. And this is really at that time, the second time someone has searched the house. So the family's been in the home, we've now been in the home, and we didn't see anything apparent. And unfortunately, you know, we're limited to what we could search. Mary was very well concealed. She was fully concealed inside of the mattress. The way everything played out, it wasn't obvious. Even my folks, when they went back with the search for the search warrant, they were shocked at how well she was concealed. Allegedly, Salerno enlisted the help of a recent Tinder match to conceal Mary, a now 21-year-old named America Deal who had been hanging out with Lavery and Fam at the apartment the prior week. In a statement, Deal said that when she entered the apartment that Lavery, Fam, and Salerno were allegedly participating in heavy drug use with an assortment of substances. She denies any participation in the murder and she has only been charged with the cover-up. Deal said that she was threatened into helping cover up the grisly scene. She allegedly fled to Colorado immediately after the crime. Her social media remained active. It is from Deal's statement, according to the Least of These podcasts, that Mary was forced to watch Lavery and Fam engage in intercourse while she was dying, and that Mary had refused a threesome with them. Mary had been absolutely tortured. She was drugged with Xanax, and there are also indications that she was slipped Molly. There were signs of sexual assault with two different DNA samples taken from Mary's upper body in the autopsy report, but there is not enough to make a positive identification. DNA belonging to Lavery and Pham was found on a knife with a serrated blade and the articles of clothing used to conceal her body. They allegedly put a dog leash on her and cut and stabbed her over 133 times in a bathroom in the back of the apartment. These wounds did not affect any major organs or blood vessels. Mary suffered and she bled out. To put just how excessive that is into context, it is more than triple the amount of stab wounds Rosemary LaBianca suffered in one of the most infamously brutal murders in American history. The members of the Manson family who are still alive and had any part in the Tate LaBianca murders have been in prison since the 70s with all parole requests denied. Charles Manson is one of the most prolific faces of true crime and guided the crimes from a distance. Originally, before it was outlawed in California, he received the death penalty. Which is why it's so shocking that Lavery was able to take a plea deal and plead guilty to a lesser charge of second degree murder. She also pled guilty to first degree kidnapping and concealing and failing to report a death. Lavery will be free in 25 years. She will still be able to have a life while Mary does not. At his last court hearing, Pham pleaded not guilty. His trial date, is not yet scheduled three years later. Lavery was seemingly obsessed with wealth and boasted in a message to Mary, I'm living rent-free, bills-free. My entire life is handed to me on a diamond-encrusted platter. According to the Mary's Voice Facebook page, she also sent a message to Mary that had dollar signs and an equal sign, followed by, I can treat people however I want. Salerno's bond was set at $250,000 on January 13th, 2023. He pled not guilty and has not yet made bond. Deal was released on a $100,000 bond after being charged with accessory after the fact and concealing a death. With Lavery's plea, there are no court records, and the information I have comes completely from Mary's friends and family, local news reports, and other podcasts. Interestingly, it was another student from Northwest School of the Arts that started investigating Mary's disappearance and made the break in the case that led police to finally recover Mary's body. Mary's family began Mary's Voice, a Facebook group and a website that share what Mary was like, the details and the timeline of the crime, information about the suspects, and similar crimes in the news that deserve exposure. It is here that you can find all of the screenshots of Lavery harassing Mary online and the pictures and video that were taken in the halls of the yard's apartments. They also host annual vigils from March 28th to April 4th. There is no logical explanation why this would happen or why Mary's family's grief was exponentiated by systematic processes. There have been many murders fueled by jealousy, which is my personal speculation as to why Lavery had what Alderman calls a psychopathic obsession with Mary. The two could not be more opposite in appearance, demeanor, and psyche. Lavery was named the ringleader. Alderman said that Lavery just liked hurting people. She got off on it. We have heard from many others saying she is very manipulative and cruel, as we of course know. The other three are the same type of people. They wouldn't need to be convinced. When asked to elaborate about law enforcement's treatment of Mary as a victim, Alderman summed it up in a word that brings tears to my eyes, vile. Violence against women and desensitization towards violence against women are a worldwide epidemic. In addition to common stereotypes that a woman in danger is a runaway, there needs to be a sort of reform or protocol while handling victims with disabilities, such as a specialized code or alert system. Of course, we will have yet to see what happens in the next stages of Fam, Salerno, and Lavery's trials, and until then, Lavery is the only one that has been convicted of Mary's murder. This was The Rowan Report Presents The True Crime Collective with Carly Murray. On Rowan Radio, On Demand.